Hello and welcome to the latest Royal Roundup from Talk TV. So pop the kettle on, this is the Royalty. I'm Sarah Hewson. Coming up on this week's episode, we'll be previewing Trooping the Colour, the first birthday parade for King Charles. We'll be discussing Harry's visa row and all the latest with Joe Biden's administration accused of a lack of transparency. Plus, are the Princess of Wales's engagements too close to home? Joining me to discuss all of that and much, much more are Royal Commentator and Talk TV regular Afia Hagen, the host of the To Die For Daily Royal podcast, Kinsey Schofield, and Talk TV Royal correspondent Rupert Bell. Hello to all of you. King Charles and Queen Camilla hosted a reception at Buckingham Palace this week to mark the 75th anniversary of the Windrush generation's arrival in the UK. Afia, tell us about the reception. Who was there and what was it all about? Well, like you said, it's 75 years on the 22nd of June since the Empire at Windrush uh, arrived at Tilbury Docks in Essex and is one of the biggest migration events that ever happened. You know, you had 800 people who came over from the Caribbean to the UK to help rebuild a UK ravaged by war. Um, and you know, the point of this reception is celebrating that generation and the impact that they have had on the United Kingdom throughout the year. So you had basically the great and the good who are descendants of the Windrush generation. So you had um, broadcasters and uh, journalists and people in the creative arts, just anybody who um, is of the Windrush family, I guess. Um, and they were represented at the palace and it was incredible. It's an incredible opportunity to celebrate this Windrush generation who have done um, an incredible amount for the fabric of British society. So I think it's brilliant that this reception happened. There's lots of things happening throughout the month of June and actually for the whole year to celebrate 75 years since the Empire Windrush arriving in Essex. Um, yeah, and it looks like everybody has a really wonderful time. You know, lots of people wearing green, colours of Jamaica. It just looked The, the Queen glorious. was wearing green, wasn't she? Was, she was, yeah. yeah. And it just, it just looked glorious. They had a great day for it. I love the idea of celebrating too. Um, I think that's a great word because I feel like so much in not only your news but my news, migrants. The you know it's it, it's very negative. It's negative, yeah. and this was a moment to uh, show what coming together can do, and and to remember that. And I love that the the king and queen made that a priority. Plus, the the, the treatment of the Windrush generation has been. Difficult to say the least, and if you're talking about a, a celebration, I think we, we now can celebrate. But at the time, they were very brave people who mm. came over because it wasn't straightforward. And um, we got to take back to the time; it was a very different era to be now. And as, as you've already mentioned, immigration is still right at the forefront of discussions politically and everything. And even then, it was so difficult. But it was so important to reflect the positivity in the end. Mm -hmm because of it helped rebuild this country during the 50s when, you know, from the coronation and everything, it was a significant moment and a landmark moment. And I think, again, it reflects the king's ability just to tap into something that he can maintain what he's always valued as important and the Windrush and reflecting that and having a big reception was testament to that. And that warm atmosphere within Buckingham Palace, yeah. in great contrast to the kind of hostile environment and the immigration status of 
Absolutely. So many of the Windrush generation families mm -hmm. torn apart. Mm -hmm. And the effects of that are still being felt today with the Windrush scandal, mm. um, which, you know, still, how many years on now, still, you know, people are still being removed, people still haven't been compensated, people still don't have proper documentation. You know, the way that a generation of people who, and I've said it before and I will say it again, helped rebuild a country ravaged after mm. war. They were asked to come. They were asked to come here and do that. And the fact that these people were treated so appallingly by the British government and still today it hasn't properly been sorted is, a, you know, a testament to, I think, where we are when it comes to immigration. You're right in saying, Kinsey, at the moment, it feels very, very negative when we talk about, you know, the movement of people in and out of the United Kingdom. But this is a generation of people who have made such a positive and incredible impact on the United Kingdom. And I think it's brilliant that they have been celebrated in this way and will be celebrated all year long. Now, the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Edinburgh teamed up for a rare joint engagement this week, attending the premiere of the film Rhino Man. Um, Kinsey, this is the, the double act, the royal double act we never knew we needed, isn't it? <laughs> no. A powerful combination, William and his auntie Sophie. Uh, and two of my favourite royals, to be honest. I think that they're huge strengths when it comes to, the, if you consider them senior royals, mm -hmm. I think that they're... Um, wonderful and together even better. But I love the mixture and I know it's probably a little iffy with Harry and Meghan, but I do love the mixture of pop culture and royalty. And to, you know, movie premieres, it takes me back to the Diana days where she'd show up in all glitz and glam. So, you know, I think that I enjoy these. They're probably not as important as something like Catherine did today. Um, but I do enjoy seeing them out and about in, in this, this type of environment. And actually, there was a really powerful message behind this film, mm -hmm. wasn't there? This was about the illegal wildlife trade. It was yeah. about poaching. It was made by the United for Wildlife charity, which mm -hmm. Prince William is the founder of. And he had a very strong message himself about wildlife trafficking and yeah. the impact that has. Absolutely. And this is a cause that Prince William um, and Prince Harry, actually, as well, have both been, and of course his father, King Charles, yeah. um, have always been hot on. They, they've been at the forefront, I think, of making sure that um, environmental issues are up there in importance. It's things that they can work on. It's things that they will keep pushing. Of course, Prince William and Princess Catherine have the Earthshot Prize, mm -hmm. which will take place later on this year, I believe, in Singapore. Um, and yes, you know, it's brilliant to see Prince William attend this premiere. Like you said, a very strong message um, on the trafficking of, of animals um, and, and the environment. And, you know, it's all about sustainability. It's all about, you know, how we're going to take these issues forward. It's very, very important to Prince William. And there's some, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. But there's something about his ability, because I do think that Charles, and this is coming from an American point of view, and the, the environment, the, the, talking to plants, Charles was criticized mm. in the way that he handled. Ridiculed almost. In yeah. the way that he handled, um, and creatively handled, trying to push his environmentalism. But there's something about the way that Prince William has done it that's made it cool and made it acceptable and made young people want to get involved, even if it's streaming a documentary. Well, don't forget his grandfather, Duke of Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, yeah. the other, he the was previous the, Duke the previous Edinburgh. Duke of Edinburgh. World Wildlife Fund, he set that up. Mm -hmm. And it's always, and the, the 
protecting species. So it's actually now it's, it's run through the family, and that was testament. And actually, it's quite nice that the Duchess of Edinburgh, in a way, is there to yeah. sort of complete a bit of there's a bit of symbolism within that. Yeah. But the fact is, as you say, the power couple we didn't know existed, but it just shows where Sophie's position now yes. is within the hierarchy that you put Sophie out there, you're going to get your story out there. And that's a real reflection on where she's held within the royal family. Yeah, she's got the title now and that profile we've seen growing and growing. She's always been doing the work. Uh, oh, done, quietly, done, done the she? work, but we've noticed now mm. that actually she is a positive, mm. by doing all that work, has turned her into a real force for good. But with her, she was quiet for so long and I feel like that she exploded on the scene most recently in a way to support the king and the future of the monarchy. And I think that it, it's almost like she popped out out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I think she was always there, yeah. but yeah. just not getting the recognition, recognition. for really? what she was yeah. doing. Yeah. But obviously now with Harry and Meghan mm -hmm. uh, moving to the US and taking a step back and Andrew's taking a step mm -hmm. back, she's had to take a, you, a step up. And, a and you wouldn't see in America, she wouldn't, you right. know, yeah. wouldn't yeah. even be on the radar because yeah. there were all the other celebrity elements of the royal family that were attracting the headlines. But she was the grafter away going in and putting the hard yards in. Beautiful. Meanwhile, the Princess of Wales has been in Nuneaton uh, today meeting health visitors who are taking part in a study on child development that was funded by Kate's Royal Foundation Centre for Early Childhood and inspired by her visit to Denmark. A fear, mm -hmm. I mean, this is Kate's life work, yes. isn't it? Tell yes. us about the purpose of today. Yeah, so today she is visiting health visitors in Nuneaton and basically they're working on this um, project about uh, babies in distress and it's from a study that she saw that was done in Denmark in 2021 um, and so these health visitors have been given a £50,000 grant uh, to do a similar study here in the UK just basically around babies in distress and health visitors going out and working with parents uh, basically on baby's health. Uh, and so she's visiting Nuneen today, visiting these health visitors, and there's lots of young parents and babies and mums there. And, you know, she's charming all the children and charming all the mums as usual. But like you said, um, this ties in very nicely with our early years project, which like we said, she said is her life work. And I think at the beginning, we were like, okay, great. You're focusing on the early years, on the under fives. What is this actually going to mean? What are you actually going to do? Exactly. And so this is it in action. Mm. It's a £50,000 grant, has gone to health visitors in Nuneen who are doing this study. And of course, then we hope we get the results of the study. And if the techniques that they figure out are effective, then they can be rolled out for other health visitors across the country. This is what we want to see. We want to see hard facts and, and you know, graft from this early years project. We want to see what it's going to do. Execution. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's great that we are seeing that in action. Now. Kinsey, there was a, a story in the papers over the weekend about the Princess of Wales's engagements. I think it was a third of her engagements since she took on the title of Princess of Wales have, have taken place within 12 miles of her Windsor home. Does that matter? Um, it's quite rare to see a, a slightly negative tone to coverage well, around worked, Kate these days, isn't it? smarter, not harder. I think that that, I think 
anybody logistically would look at, at that plan and say, if her objective is to be with her children and to be a mom number one um, and, and to see her continue to do her royal duties, I don't care where, I mean, how impactful were those Zooms during the pandemic? Mm -hmm. They were, they introduced themselves to an entire new audience through just digital communication. So I thought that that was a really unfair criticism mm -hmm. because she is working smarter and she is still able to pick her babies up from school, tuck them in at night, and getting just as much work done. And I think we should applaud her for juggling uh, that, that work. It is about trying to find that balance, isn't it, Rupert? And, and obviously there's been quite a lot of upheaval in their lives. You know, they've stepped up in, into new roles. The Queen mm. died on the day the children started their new school. Well, I mean, that moved to well, that Lambrook School is well, it's not that far away. Um, I was driving past it yesterday, see if I could see him in the playground. But uh, but uh, <laughs> I was because well, I've been to Ascot Racecourse. But the point is, she had. They've always made it a point that they want to be there for their children. It's a, they're still young, and I think it's just I, I get slightly irritated when I see articles like that because that's missing the point because she is out there doing as much as she can, mm. but primarily she is a mum first in this case because she wants to be there because she wants to protect them from all the other stuff that goes on. So, Unashamedly so as yeah. well because it is very much a priority, isn't it, to try Absolutely. and give them as normal an upbringing as they possibly can. And it sort of reflects what she's doing with the child, the charity that she's been in for setting up. It all makes sense what she's trying to do. And then for her to be at home, she knows how important the early years are. And then you also saw William this week out doing the homeless work as well. Mm -hmm. These two things are very important for them and both of them see that when they're doing something, they want to see results. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the important thing that we should be appreciating. How she does it, we're seeing her flinging a rugby ball at Maidenhead, which is only 20 minutes down the road. So be it, if it's promoting a good cause. And don't forget three weeks ago, they were being criticized for overshadowing the king and the queen. So. You know, are they doing too much? Are they doing too little? I, make up your mind. I think the thing is, is that, you know, <laughs> they're kind of entering that kind of can't do right for doing wrong mm. territory that Harry and Meghan have nailed so perfectly. <laughs> and the thing is, there's always going to be negative stories. You're always going to find someone somewhere that's got to try and pick at something, mm. pick at a thread that isn't there and try and make it into a story like this. You know, Kate, sorry, Princess Catherine overshadowing the king. Yeah. It was not a thing. Nonsense. You know, yeah. she does her engagements close to home. You know, we work close to home. <laughs> do you know what I mean? She's yeah. just doing yeah. what any other mum would do. Um, let's talk about someone else who wants to stay close to home, and that is the Duke of York, Prince Andrew, mm -hmm. reportedly refusing to leave Royal Lodge during major building works because he's afraid if he does, he won't be allowed back in. It's a this is going on and on oh, and on in this story, isn't it, Rupert? I have no idea whether he's being booted out or not. Again, I just think... Claiming a, squatters' rights. Yeah, but look, he's there. Clearly, it's a complicated... He is a complicated issue for the king. Now, the Royal Lodge is probably is crumbling, and there's nothing worse than an aristocrat's home that's crumbling. So It needs a new roof, it doesn't it? It needs yes. some serious work to um, the roof. I, and so he's got to appreciate that it needs to be done, mm. but he is basically putting up the drawbridges to some extent because he, if he sees he's out of that house, everything is further being eroded and taken away from him. So he's being... A lot of it, of course, by his own doing, 
but he's trying to just give himself some semblance of norm normality. And staying in Royal Lodge for him feels like as near as normal as it can be for him. I mean, he, he says he's got a, a fifty odd years left, fifty five years or something left on his his lease. A fear, and why should he have to move out? Probably not in his life. No offence. <laughs> he's oh the same God. age as me. I'm not going to be around for fifty years, sir. I can assure you. But I mean, let's just be real, Andrew. You're probably not going to be alive in fifty years. How old is he now? Like sixty something. Mm -hmm. I mean, maths will tell you that it, you know you'll probably be about like 110 or so, pretty sure, I'm 99% sure you're not going to be alive. Aside from that, I've said this before on this sofa and I'll say it again, he needs to read the room. This kind of desperate clinging on to Royal Lodge, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to be evicted, I want to have my titles back, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want that stop it immediately. All this kind of throwing the toys out of the pram because you have been disgraced, stop it immediately. Kinsey's laughing. Yeah. But he, just, he just needs to read the room. And I keep telling him, get a granny flat above a pizza express and just be quiet. He doesn't oh, have to go for a granny flat though, does he? He's been offered. Frogmore Cottage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I... that's quite close to a pizza express. If you do a Google, oh, there's a few around gosh. there. Well, I'm staying in Woking next next week, so I'll see if there's a flat above the Pizza Express. In there you go. Just, just, but I do research. You, but don't sweat, because you can't. Yeah. No, technically. Um, I mean, I've heard that he is devastated over the loss of the Queen. I'm not here to defend Andrew, but I imagine that that's the only thing he has left, to feel a piece of home. Um, and so I agree with you. He needs to grow up, and he needs to buck up. And uh, I, I, But... Um, I do sympathize with him because I think his mother and the the power she gave him was his identity and it's gone That's now. True. Now this week the Biden administration has been accused of an appalling lack of transparency over its refusal to release Prince Harry's visa records. Uh, Kinsey, the Department of Homeland Security has said it's not in the public interest. So this is now what, going to have to go back to court? Well, the Heritage Foundation says they're going to sue. Um, but, you know, this does feel more political than, uh, you know, um, a jab at Harry because the Heritage Foundation says that if Prince Harry was given any sort of special privilege over this visa, that it proves that the Department of Homeland Security aren't doing their jobs and they are the reason for the current migrant crisis, which feels like a stretch. Right. It, it feels like a bit of a stretch, but this does feel like a political chess move more so than an attack on Harry. Um, but I have heard that Harry, it, it feels very uncomfortable by it, that he does not like this negative attention. And this is following the publication of Spare Affair mm. and the revelations that he had <laughs> taken at drugs. Mm. Questions then asked about whether he admitted to that on his visa form or whether he was given a, uh, yeah. a green light through where others might not have been. And this is the thing, actually, if we get to see that form, either way, it doesn't look good for him because if he has lied on the form, then he's lied Perjury. and that's terrible. Yes. And if he was truthful on the form Looks and the like government- special privileges. Yeah, the government bent the rules and that's terrible. Yeah. So this is, either way, this is, this is not good at all. I mean, the Heritage Foundation said they're going to go back to court and try and get the papers released again. Let's see how successful that is. But I don't, I genuinely don't think we're going to ever get to a point where a border guard is going to say, Prince Harry, a red spare, I'm listening to <laughs> right now on my AirPods, as you're going through the airport, you're not coming in. I genuinely cannot see that ever happening 
or his visa being revoked. And at the time that this was all taking place, keep in mind, the, the world was shutting down. I'm sure a lot of people were given special privilege because of the pandemic. He's left himself, though, a hostage to fortune by the book and right. revealing all. That's the problem. So he's an easy target. So the Heritage Foundation of so yes, we can have a puppet here. They're not fans of the Biden administration. Yeah. They're not fans so of Harry and Meghan. The, and it's they? the Margaret Thatcher. Heritage Foundation says all you need to know. So that's the problem. Harry has left himself a hostage to fortune. Now, artworks by a young Prince Charles, aged just around five, I believe, are going up for auction and could raise up to ten thousand pounds. Has anyone seen uh, some of his I sketches? It was beautiful. I, I saw some people teasing him about this. First of all, he's a very talented artist today. Yes. Um, so, of course, like you would want to grab a, an Andy Warhol at the beginning of his career. He, The king is a very talented artist, but he's also the king. Um, and so I love the idea of uh, owning one of these pieces. And I think that, that it's beautiful and it's special. And, I, you know, I don't understand the teasing. And these were, these were childhood drawings for his mom and dad. Hmm. I mean, everybody thinks their kids' artwork is amazing. <laughs> I mean, we do, don't we? I don't think anyone's going to pay £10,000 for <laughs> I mean, one no of the uh, no Houston prodigies. <laughs> no one's paying 10 k for one of Naima's drawings from he, back in the day. Elon oh. Musk might. He paid 40 whatever, 40 Did billion he? for Twitter. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to send him an email. But I think, you know, like Kinsey said, they're by the king. So yeah. I actually think, no offence, whether they're good or not, some people will just buy them yeah. because he did them. One of them that I liked at the most was a drawing he did at Rupert and sent it to Prince Philip, who was at sea at the yeah. time, and there was a picture of a sailor getting a dose of hair restorer. What well, was he trying to say to well, us? Uh, well, I don't know. I thought the Duke of Edinburgh then had a, had fed, a full head of hair. He yeah. was a dashing man in the 50s, uh, very yeah. glamorous. But I, I like the, the, the Harrods wagon one as well. Mm. I yes, mean, the removal van, yeah, the and, Harrods. And, yeah. and showing his art he's done all through his life. One of the reasons he went to Romania the other day was just to go and walk through and sort of paint a bit of just to unwind. It's his relaxation. So. Fair play. Look, they are childlike. I I would have been so pleased to still be able to paint like that now, let alone yes. <laughs> when I was a child. I'm completely useless, but it's a bit of fun. And if they are raising some money, then fair play. I heard he used to try to barter with them, with uh, with artists that he really admired. And he would contact them and say, I'll give you one of mine if you give me one of yours. Not the childhood ones, but yeah. the recent ones. So I, I think he knows he's a talented artist. And, and worth something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a King Charles signed <laughs> uh, painting. It is a big day coming up this weekend for the King because it is his first Trooping the Colour, the King's birthday parade. And Rupert, we're going to see him on horseback for the parade. The first time we've had a monarch on horseback since 1986. Yeah, and the Queen, Queen was 60 then. And it was the year, and she didn't ride after that because she retired her horse, a Burmese, that she said she wasn't prepared to train another one. And she was only 60. Now, you think now the king is 74. Now, people might say, well, he's just riding a horse. No, he's not just riding a horse because he's fully togged up. Um, that's a sort of unmilitary way of describing his uniform. That's that, how I'd describe yeah, it. I was yeah, expecting more from right, you. Well, <laughs> he will be in full military regalia uh, and leading the... And I think that's... And it will mean a lot. And, of course, it's in June. And that was always the reason why they had the official birthday parade, hoping that the vagaries of the British summer, rather than having at his birthday, which, unfortunately, is in November. So, for him, it's, it's tradition. Um, 
most monarchs are always there. Queen Victoria was conspicuous by her absence when she was in mourning. This has been going on since 1748. There will be this, all seven regiments of the household division will be represented. It's the Welsh Guards, um, and of course, you know, that Prince of Wales will be there as well, but uh, he is Prince of Wales. That would mean a lot to him as well to see them trooping the colour. And it will be a spectacular occasion, but fair play. 74, riding a horse. I hope his horse is in a good mood um, <laughs> because there's nothing worse. And we saw it at the coronation, a couple of high-profile incidents. Of, um, I think a major general was on one of the horses and backed into the crowd. Mm -hmm. So it's not without its stresses and strains because horses can suddenly decide to do something completely unexpected. Well, and it's been pretty hot, actually, and Prince William took part in a... Uh, rehearsal, the final rehearsal, the inspection of uh, the Welsh Guards at the weekend. And we had a few fainting, Kinsey, right. didn't we? And That's the, right. The heat and the full uniforms. And so um, admirable of him to come out and thank them. And to, to, we know that he checked on them as well. Um, I just think that no country does pageantry the way that your country does. And all eyes have been on so focused on you over the last 12 months because, you know, we, we had the Queen's Ju Platinum Jubilee last year. And so I feel like this is an intense 12 months for the King to brand himself and no better way than to be on horseback and really own this event. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. So is Afir, because Afir, you've met the King's horse. I have, yeah. Noble, um, who was gifted to the King by the Canadian Mounties. Absolutely beautiful. And they will be really, really pleased, actually, that um, Noble's the horse that's been chosen to be ridden. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a huge moment uh, for Noble and for, the, for Canadians as well. So, yeah. And we have to talk, Rupert, about 1981, when the Queen was riding Burmese, her beloved horse, and six blanks were fired at her during the Trooping the Colour parade. And that certainly spooked the horse, but not the Queen. No, and she just got on with it because she was a, was a brilliant horsewoman. There's no, anyone we saw she was riding well into her 90s. She mm. wasn't, and horse, so she coped with the situation and she got, you know, she also trusted her horse who didn't spook and didn't panic. So she was able to regroup and just think, well, I'm all right, everything looks, you know, probably took stock very, that was her, carry on, we, regardless. But that is going to, of course, something like Saturday is another huge security operation when you've got all members of the royal family there yeah. it's another big deal there will be huge crowds lining the streets once again if it's a lovely day it's probably much more pleasant than it was on coronation day which was pretty oh. pretty uncomfortable i don't know what it was like for you guys but i for, still haven't dried be out. dried out yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, i've sent my morning code in for to dry clean it's ready for ascot next week <laughs> but um you know it was so it will be lovely and obviously the other bit, we're going to, you normally get the fly pass, but haven't we told We've got that? a super duper fly pass. We've got the coronation fly pass, which had to be uh, cancelled or scaled back, I suppose, didn't it? Because of that terrible weather on coronation day. That is going to happen on Saturday for Trooping the Colour. So we're going to have 70 aircraft. Nice. Flying over Buckingham Palace and oh. over the balcony. I mean, are we like, I think we're not talking, the, the main event is Lily. I mean, I feel like we need to acknowledge the fact that everybody's going to be waiting for this and this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the, of that. The Louis show again. But but it was the highlight of the Platinum Jubilee. There's no yeah. two ways that, oh, that yes. flight passed. And when it saw the 70. 70. And I mean, you just go, 
Well, that, the Paddington Bear moment and the 70... Mm. Were oh, two... you and I were standing there, yeah. weren't we, on the uh, forecourt of Buckingham yeah. Palace looking up and then those aircraft oh. in the form of the 70. Oh. And we were told uh, ahead of the coronation there was going to be a surprise yeah. in the flypast, so we'll have to look out for that mm. uh, on Saturday as well. And I think the forecast is... Uh, the forecast is fine. The forecast is good, good, isn't it? Um, no surprise, though, Kinsey, that we're not going to be seeing Harry and Meghan on the Buckingham Palace balcony. They're not coming back and taking part in this, and nor would we expect them to now, would we? Right, I mean, a mixed reports. There have been reports that they weren't even invited. Um, that was the Daily Mail that said that. But, you know, Harry's been out here a lot recently. Meghan opted not to come to the coronation. I do think that they're trying to distance themselves. But the bigger picture is, you know, I think that the family has distanced themselves as well because they don't want to end up in a podcast or in Spare Part 2. Um, so I don't think that relations are any stronger than they were dur during the coronation. And um, it is a really busy time affair for the royal family this next couple of weeks because Monday mm -hmm. we've got Garter Day, the yes. Garter Ceremony in Windsor. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that and who we might be seeing oh and God, who we I won't be seeing. Day. Um, I can tell you, Prince Andrew, again, when it comes to Garter Day. So last year, just before um, the event took place, we heard that he wasn't going to be in the procession, uh, but he was there at Garter Day. Now, this year, I think the same thing is going to happen, that he won't be in the procession, he's not allowed to process, but possibly will be at the event. Well, he's well. a knight of the Garter, isn't he? Yes. So we saw him at the uh, coronation wearing the, yeah. the full mantle. But he, And he wanted to be in the procession last year. Foot down, no. The same thing will happen this year, I think. That it will be a foot down, no. You cannot be in the procession. But he possibly will be, you know, in the audience, in the event. Um, and I think that's the way it should be. You know, like we were talking about, um, you know, Royal Lodge. He needs to realise his position in the royal family. It's not about him being front and centre. It's not about him being a face of the brand at all. He's lucky that he's even invited mm. at this point, I think. So, yeah, a busy couple of weeks ahead. And like you said, we've got Trooping of the Colour on Saturday, Garter Day on Monday, and then Ascot, of course. Yes, and Rupert, Rupert we, are, we are, obviously, you are the man well, in the know around Ascot. It's going to be a different Ascot, isn't it? Because this was so much the highlight of the royal calendar during the Queen's reign. Yeah. The first one since her death. I think the way we have to look at the model, the way the royal family are going to operate, is the way it did last year when the Queen couldn't make it. We saw different members of the royal family leading the procession down at mm. two o'clock. I mean, I was there yesterday and the place was looking absolutely spectacular and talking to people there. Yep, businessy, they don't know exactly how it's going to pan out, how many days the King might go. You never know, first year you might say, I go for all five days. It, and remember, just, uh, the Queen used to say for every single race mm. um, and seven, and would never leave. I mean, Prince, it was always well known that Prince Philip used to have a little sleep in the back of the royal box and then he'd want, <laughs> he, and then he'd want to get away after the big race so he could go off and play polo just up the road. So, um, I. Um, I think the King's play polo playing days are behind him. But he's he loves his racing. He always knew that it was the Queen's show, the, the late Queen's show. But 
the current queen, she does like her racing. Mm -hmm. And she is passionate. There will be royal runners throughout the week. I, hopefully, it would be amazing if we get a royal winner. Uh, I can't see one at the moment, having looked through the I was going to ask if you, you've got a royal tip uh, no, uh, for us. Uh, no, I don't think there's a royal tip at the moment, because mm. they hope to have one in the derby. It was noticeable that he wasn't at the derby either, um, last week. He was over in Romania, I mm -hmm. think, at that time. It will be interesting, obviously, from a sort of publicity point of view, the Prince and Princess of Wales will be there because you know that they might then... Because Lambrook, the school, is only just down the road. Mm. So they... Um, Drop the I, kids off. Yeah, off to Ascot. Off to, to Ascot. Ascot. Home in when time I, for pick-up. Home time. When, back in the day, I was at school right next door to uh, Ascot and your parents would come and see you after the day of racing. Oh. And they were allowed to come and see you. That was about the. This was back in the 60s, 70s. <laughs> uh, but that's used to happen. Uh, and in the crowd, we did have a. a, a we used, the Queen never used to come. She did have two children there at the time. But you, that was our thing. So she can go and have the, the Prince and Prince of Wales and go to Lambrook and have tea with the headmaster with <laughs> other parents who've been at Ascot that afternoon. I don't know whether that tradition carries on at Lambrook. And of course, Princess Anne, Zara Tyndall. Yeah. It's yeah. a big. Week oh. for them as well. Oh, they love, they love their racing and they will be there. The Princess Royal goes, I mean, she's a regular. Um, I, I, I remember, <laughs> I digress. Another <laughs> Ascot story. After my brother won the Ascot Gold Cup, um, um, she, she um, and I did a commentary for Talk Sport, and I was hot and bothered to see my brother win uh, the Ascot Gold Cup. And she looked at me, and there was Andrew Parker Bowles and her husband, and they went, hmm, congratulations. I said, oh, I've just done a commentary uh, uh, for Talk Sport. And I got a bit excited, and she just replied, not very Peter O'Sullivan of you, was it? <laughs> <laughs> As we were heading down the steward's lift, back down to the uh, Breep My Brother's Horse Inn. So uh, I know she loves her racing too. Fantastic. And and you're here, you're over from the US, Kinsey, so you can go to Trooping yeah. the Colour on Saturday. We can't tempt you to stay a bit longer for Ascot. I tried. British Airways wouldn't allow me, but I did try. Unbelievable. 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 Well, it's been really lovely uh, to have you here in the studio with us. Kinsey, Afia and Rupert, thank you all very much. That is all we've got time for on this week's episode of The Royalty, but we will, of course, be back next week with lots more.